0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host Brandon David. As always, welcome to another fun fact-filled episode. Spring Big. We have Jeff, the CEO, on. It's really a fascinating, what I'll call a case study. If you're a student of business, uh, especially a student of cannabis business, which if you watch this show, you probably are. Uh, it is a fascinating case study because. They were very, very similar to Baker, which is another show that has been on this show before. Um, And Baker chose to go the public route and join Tilt. Spring Big did not. We're going to talk about the pros and cons. I I think it's maybe a year plus since that went down. And Spring Big is doing very, very well. Uh, They're, of course, a loyalty and engagement platform. Uh, four dispensaries, four brands, so it's kind of a mass texting, mass engagement type platform. Very similar, again, to what Baker does, uh, but two very different financing routes. Uh, fascinating, fascinating case study. Thanks for joining us. You can put anything you want in your ears, and you chose to listen to us, and we appreciate that. I learned a ton, guys. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Jeff, this interview is long overdue. We've been looking forward to doing this for, I don't know, a year and a half?
1: Yeah, it's been well I, while. I know at least months, for sure. At
0: absolutely. least months, for sure. Well, yeah. welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get started on uh, just an easy one, which is, um, why are you better than Baker? No, I'm just kidding.
1: What, <laughs> what, what,
0: what, what's spring big?
1: So, SpringVig is a software as a service platform that provides uh, retail dispensaries, so uh, cannabis dispensaries across the country, with the ability to uh, use our software to design and manage uh, their customer loyalty programs. And then, through through that process, we pull in all of their customer data, and we give them the ability to segment that data so they could be more targeted regarding their messaging, they could uh, be focused on who they want to message in particular, what they want to say, when they want to say it, how they want to say it. So, so it's, it's a combination of a loyalty platform along with a sophisticated messaging platform, digital messaging platform, meaning SMS, MMS, and email.
0: (laughs) So like I alluded to, um, there is a pretty big competitor in the space. (laughs) And beyond that, this is not a new concept among other industries too. Um, The idea of loyalty, uh, five stars comes to mind in technology. Um, But I guess, tell me a little bit of that story and why you felt there needed to be another entrant into the market.
1: So when we originally uh, started Spring we actually started it not for the cannabis industry. We started it for the small business industry. So we were competing with, uh, companies like Five Stars, where we developed a tablet-based uh, solution. So think about a think about a digital punch card, where you know you had tablets on the counter, similar to what Five Stars does. You typed in your phone number, you got you got a punch, and then after X amount of punches, you got you know a reward from that store. So we originally created it for that purpose to go after the pizza shops, the yogurt shops, the nail salons, the hair salons. So. We built the technology, we started marketing it, we had some initial success. And, but what we found after doing it for a bit is that there were two big hurdles. So the first hurdle was the average monthly subscription price um, was not that high, it was about 100 to $200 a month. So yep. we quickly did the math and said, wow, if we're gonna make this a real business, we're gonna have to have 10, 15,000 customers on it uh, which is unrealistic right, yeah I which mean, is unrealistic in the time frame that i was willing to do it right you know mm-hmm. i wanted to i wanted to i wanted to be able to make this successful in my lifetime so it was uh, <laughs> unrealistic in that time frame um but in addition to that you know most of the time in these types of businesses the owners are not in the stores very much you know the the service people are in the stores so mm-hmm. you know when you go buy yogurt you're normally not dealing with the owner every once in a while you might be but most of the time you're dealing with service people and the owner comes in a few hours a week so mm-hmm. we also found it difficult to get to the decision makers in those in those stores and those types of accounts so at the end of 2000 and this is we started spring big in 2014 but at the end of 2016 we were kind of debating what to do And we made a decision that um, we were going to pivot to cannabis. Why? Because two of our, you know, few hundred clients were cannabis retailers. And we saw that they were spending probably 10 to 15 times the average because they were using our platform so much more to communicate via text message to their customers. So we looked at it, um, you know. I happen to have invested in, in a cannabis business a couple of years before I actually went to the people that were running that business, asked them what they thought of the opportunity of us pivoting into cannabis. They thought it made a lot of sense. They did bring up Baker at the time. They said there's one player in the space.
0: What year was this? What year was
1: this? Uh, end of 2016. Okay. Um, so what, uh, so, but they said there's definitely room for another entry into the market. So You know, we took our holiday break, we came back and, uh, beginning of 2017, we completely pivoted to cannabis. We made a decision that we were going full throttle, uh, within the cannabis industry. We thought it was a good opportunity for a number of reasons. One, the businesses were bigger Two, the, the managers in the store had more decision-making decision-making capability. So we felt it was going to be easier to sell, um. I had come from the loyalty industry. So, you Mm -hmm. know, we, we understand loyalty really, really well here. Um, So we felt that we could build a better mousetrap and we went at it. So, you know, fast forward. So now it's, we're almost three years into this, you know, just about three years into this and we're now the leader in the space. We, you know, we have more accounts, more doors uh, than anyone else uh, that's doing this. And, and why do you
0: think that is? Why, why do you think you've got? I think
1: it's a. I think it's a. I think it's a combination of number one. I think, as I mentioned, you know, we, you know, we were loyalty experts who came into the cannabis space and basically just uh, created again what we did before. So it's not like we had to learn, you know, all of the components and all of the elements of how to create the proper loyalty software, how to create
0: Yeah, you uh, knew how to do
1: of, that. We knew how to do it already. So <clears> that was <throat> so that was one. Um, and I think the other issue is is that, you know, we have my co-founder, our CTO, who was with me at my prior company, you know, he really understood the technology side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we have our product team that really understood it. So bottom line is I think we built a better mousetrap, meaning we have a better platform mm-hmm. uh, that works much better. Uh, and second, you know, we have a very, very aggressive and disciplined approach to customer support where um, we want to make sure that our clients are happy. We want to make sure that they're leveraging the platform, that they're optimizing it, that they're getting the most value from it. And, and we're very much on top of servicing our clients. So I think the combination of a great product with great service, um, you know, allowed us to grow the way we've grown.
0: Talk about the product a little bit. How does it differ? Why is it better?
1: So I think one of the one of the key elements that differentiates our platform from anyone else in the industry is we're integrated on a real time basis with seventeen of the industry's point of sale systems. So probably every big every big point of sale name in the industry we're integrated with on a mm-hmm. transaction basis, real time. So what that means is that we have the ability to eliminate uh, all tablets in the stores to to capture the transaction that the customer is making to give them their points. Mm-hmm. We do have a tablet application that is available for customers to enroll because now uh, with everything that's going on regarding texting and making sure that you have proper consent to text the customer, we have applications that allow the retailer to get the right kind of consent from the customer so they can text them so they're not you know, texting them without that consent. But beyond that, All of the information, all the data that we collect and the whole process is seamless and behind the scenes where the customer goes into the store and they make their purchase. And as soon as they transact and as soon as the POS records that transaction, we in real time get that transaction. So we in milliseconds give them their points and then we go ahead and send them a thank you message for visiting, letting them know how many points they had. So one of the big differences of our platform versus every any others in the in the industry are these integrations and these real-time integrations that eliminate the need for tablets for this purpose. Mm-hmm. The the other big difference in our platform when it comes to loyalty is we have we've created think about your Starbucks app. We've created a a, a customized individual rewards wallet. So every customer has their own think about digital wallet where they have the ability to view it at any time. They receive it with a link uh, after every visit where they could see how many points they have. They could see how close they are to each reward. They could view any offers that are available to them. They have the ability to check out the store's online menu through that wallet. So pretty robust, and that <coughs> pretty robust yeah. that customer, you know, outside of the store. It's, mm-hmm. you know, most every other loyalty program that's out there right now, in this industry, you have to be engaging with it in the store. We're the only loyalty program that allows the customer to engage with it outside the store.
0: And and why do you think that is? I mean, that's such an obvious, I've actually talked about this idea with so many startups, but it's such an obvious transition, right? Like, how do you get them at home too? Why do you think no one else has tackled
1: that? I, I think it comes down to their, you know, every company has kind of like a long list of priorities and what they have to do, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, the, the more experienced you are in whatever you're doing, you know, you know how to set those priorities possibly different than someone who's coming into the industry and has a little less experience doing it. It's not, you know, it's not a knock against our competition, by the way. I think our competition uh, is is tough. You know, we fight every day uh, to win business and, you know, have the utmost respect for all of our competitors. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, we came into this kind of having a blueprint of exactly what we wanted to do and how we wanted to get it done. Um, and we started right away with the wallet. We started right away with the POS integrations because we understood that, you know, eliminating friction, both for retail staff and for customers was going to be huge in terms of, of winning business and keeping business. So we, we focused on that. And, and then on top of that, you know, our messaging platform, you know, we've we've developed proprietary technology to make sure the, the maximum percentage of messages that are being sent out actually get delivered into the smartphone. We have unique technology that's different than anybody else's out there. So we deliver messages at a much higher rate than our competitors. But, and in addition to that, we have a lot of different segmentation because we're pulling in all this data from the point of sale. So we have a segment, based on average ticket. We have a segment based on spend over period of time. We have a segment based on the brands people buy, the categories people buy. We have a segment based on you know, the time of day that they shop. We, you know, so we have all these different segments. So when a retailer is thinking about, okay, I want to get this message to this group of people, um, we give them probably the best chance of getting that message to their desired group. Uh, because of our segmentation, and oh. and our segmentation is all built from the data that the store is already collecting. It's their data, it's mm-hmm. not our data. So they retain um, the data. Oh, they own the data. Absolutely, we're not. You know, we're using the data to help them make more money. So mm-hmm. we're basically, you know, when that data passes to
0: where, our is truck, data where is that data
1: stored oh it's stored with us obviously mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know it's stored in the cloud so we we basically have the ability to store it and and obviously keep it safe from mm-hmm. a data protection and privacy and is
0: protection. that is this a hot button issue for your customers or they're not
1: that Oh aware? we we get we uh, from time to time we get the question of you know where's my data stored how are you protecting it what's your privacy policies mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. your encryption policy? so and that again that's where again we i think you know we kind of stand out because you know, in our because you have company. all the right
0: answers to that. Yeah. yeah, we
1: have. Yeah, our past <laughs> company we used, to, we used yeah. to do this for guys like Citibank, Chubb Insurance, sure. Party City. So yeah, I mean,
0: I come from technology, so my whole twenties was in technology in San Francisco, and um, yeah, I mean, selling software can be hard, but if you get it right, <laughs> you can get it really right.
1: No, um, for sure. 100%. Yeah, which is
0: which is exciting. Um, I've been really looking forward to this episode. Because I saw you hit 10 million customers served. Yeah,
1: we're at over 13 million now.
0: 13 million, which is yeah. roughly, it's got to be like a quarter, 25%
1: of I would think national of market, market share. Yeah, I would like think
0: that. So. Where do those numbers come from? How do you, how do you is that just like...
1: Okay. I think, you know, I, I'm i not, you know, I it's a... It's a a bit, all I know is I can't tell you for sure. I just, it's a gut feel what percentage it is, but what I do know, it's a big number.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, even the 13 million number, where does that come from?
1: Oh, so it's coming from our clients, right? So Mm -hmm. when a, so when a client like, uh, let's pick GTI, Green Thumb Industries, you know, they've been a client of ours for over two years. Mm -hmm. They, you know, every consumer that enrolls in their loyalty program is stored in our database. So they... They have a lot of customers, so they have a lot of customers. Um, Harborside is a client. They have a lot of customers. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, you know, we're very good at at going after, selling and servicing bigger clients, bigger opportunities. That's our mm-hmm. sweet spot. That's mm-hmm. what we really know how to do. So we have the majority of the larger uh, clients out there. So the Harvests of the world, the Crescos of the world, the GTIs of the world, the Holistics mm-hmm. of the world, the Virios and how many
0: of, of these did there. you convert? from other softwares? Baker.
1: No, I, th- I think um, probably, I would say most. Mm-hmm. I would say most. I don't, I don't have an exact number, but most. I think, you know, Baker, you know, Baker was one where, you know, Baker was very involved with their whole integration with Tilt. And I think they, they had a lot of other things that they were thinking about. So they weren't as focused on continuing mm-hmm. to enhance uh, the product offering as they probably would have if they were maintained as a standalone company. So mm-hmm. I think it gave us an opportunity, it gave us an in and a wedge to go in and, and kind of show the differences between what our platform did and theirs. And then mm-hmm. there's some other companies that are, are newer entrants into the market, newer competitors where again we you know, listen, we we're watching our competition all the time and making sure that we're continuing to provide a best in class product and and best in class service. So mm-hmm. the but I think the, you know, I think the integrations are, are huge. We really know how to, we really know how to integrate with point of sale companies. and Yeah, no, the companies.
0: integrations are amazing. I mean, they, they yeah. make it go from like, I need to spend three months and a development team integrating this to like, no, it just works right now.
1: Right. And that's a, yeah, that's a big, sure.
0: big difference for someone that's, I, I used to sell software. So okay. anyway, but, but um, the other reason I've been really looking forward uh, to this episode is because. Very rarely do entrepreneurs, or what I affectionately call wantrepreneurs, get an opportunity um, to see such a case study as Spring Big and Baker and whether they did the right thing um, right. because they joined Tilt. I know that they got some money up front. They got a lot of paper in the back end. Joel's been on this show. No shade. He's a really smart guy. I like him a lot. And the whole team over there. But you didn't do that. I'm sure you had opportunities for RTOs and whether to, you know, become a public company or join some other conglomerate of public companies. Did did they do the right thing? Are you happy with your decision?
1: Oh, I'm I'm thrilled with our decision. I think um, you know our our approach is that we wanna we have a game plan. We wanna we wanna build this business according to our game plan, and obviously we have outside investors, right? So you know, an exit is definitely part of the game plan. But um, we wanna you know implement that exit at the right point of the game plan, and and I feel like when we implement the exit, we want to implement it as a lot of traditional. You know, tech, SaaS startups do, right? They sell to somebody. That's, that's the game plan, right? So we want to, you know, we don't know when that, when that time is exactly going to be. We feel it's somewhere in the next two to three years where uh, we'll be the right time for that. It could, it could come sooner than that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we'd love to continue what we're doing, but we'd love to continue what we're doing at, at the right time, being part of something bigger uh, that gives us more reach, more resources, et cetera. So I think that's always been the plan. Mm-hmm. And that's what we that's what we communicated and sold our investors on. And, yep. and you know that's what and we. What's planned the timeline there?
0: What what kind of timeline did you sell? So I
1: say, as I mentioned, two to three, years, probably two uh-huh. to three years, we think uh-huh. would be the right time frame. Where, um, you know, we and is there a certain number?
0: Is there a KPI that you guys are looking to a revenue? Yeah, well, we
1: just what? surpassed 11 million in in annual recurring revenue. This Congratulations! Past month. Thank you. Yeah, so we did that. We're supposed to. You know, our plan is to. Uh, exceed 30 million in annual recurring revenue by the end of a year from now. So, you know, our plan is to execute that. You know, we're introducing a new brand platform, uh, which is going to provide brands the ability to market directly to consumers uh, as well. So, we're launching that next month, and you know, we want to, uh, you know, build that up and make sure that you know we're seeing the success that we anticipate there as well. So, I think you know we're gonna we're gonna revisit this whole. Probably a year from now, but mm-hmm. right now we have our marching orders for 2020.
0: Cool. Well, that's exciting, man. I mean, there, there's such clarity in your vision, and I think that's a rarity among startups, but particularly cannabis startups. Unfortunately, yeah. um, as you know, it's tough times in the cannabis industry today. Right. Um, and a lot of people are getting fired. A lot of people aren't getting paid. Um, there's there's a very small number of winners from the first go-around. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling that? I think that the software companies were insulated from it for some time, um, but at some point now that, and maybe I'm just speaking too specifically about California, other states probably are, are doing better with their cost structures and taxes, but at least in California, which is a country in itself, right. Um, People aren't getting paid. <laughs> like, no,
1: I think it's a. I, it's,
0: I was meeting a... with a. Sorry, sorry, I cut you off. No, go you know, ahead. No, please. I, I, was, go ahead. I was meeting with a, uh, a software founder last night, successful company. I will remain nameless. And, you know, they're not getting paid. Um, and I just wonder, like, you guys have raised more money. You've raised a lot of money, which helps. But right. are you getting paid?
1: <laughs> yeah. So so we are getting paid. It's definitely something to watch. What you know, what's happening right now that at least from what I see, there you know, there are a lot of places, especially with certain states going adult use, right? There <laughs> there are a lot of priorities of where they need to deploy their capital. Mm-hmm. We you know, and I'm talking primarily about the uh, the manufacturers, the growers, the retailers the you know they they have to deploy their capital to beef up and be ready for adult use there there's a lot of different places so so we definitely are we're getting paid yes, we see some retailers trying to stretch us out a little bit so I you know about seventy percent sixty five to seventy percent of our of our billings get paid by credit card on the day that they're due so but we but we have about 35% where we give terms to because the industry is changing. You, have, you still have a lot of one, two, three shop chains, but you have more and more chains that are becoming big corporations now where they have 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 stores. So you know, those, those kinds of companies don't put a credit card on your system and say, here you go. Although I, I, I marvel at companies like Twilio that have the ability to get that done. It's oh like, my you know, it doesn't matter how big of a company you are. Yeah. You put a credit card on their system or you don't do it <laughs> or you don't get the service. So it's kind of interesting. Right. Um, or stripe, giving,
0: same way, right? Yeah.
1: Stripes the same way. So yeah. we are giving to, we are giving terms to about 35% of our, our revenue, about 35% of our revenue is, is termed and we give 30 day terms and we have some clients that like to stretch us out and, and, you know, but at least lucky for us, you know we hold we hold a pretty important card because if if they don't pay us within a reasonable amount of time we will turn off their access to the system so uh-huh. so why that why that's important you know for some that may or may not be important why that's important for them in regards to us is if we turn off that system they can't text their customers tomorrow. Yeah, for no, it's,
0: it's it's mission critical. Um, yeah, it's
1: mission critical. So us at POS systems and uh, are pretty mission e- are pretty mission critical. I used so, to
0: sell uh, delivery software to okay. dispensaries. So, um, Onfleet, shout out Onfleet, still really right. good friends of mine. And um, so, yeah, I mean, if you can't make deliveries as a delivery weed company. You got problems.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, we do like, you know, and we watch it and it's, and it's, it's a bit frustrating, but we have, I have to remember, I got to step back and remember that, you know, like every company is trying to optimize, you know, their capital. They're trying to figure out the, you know, how to, how to make it go as far as it can go. And, Listen. Everybody will, you know, some people will pay right on time. Some people will push to the limit, and and our job for those companies that are pushing to the limit is making sure that we hold them accountable and we, and we get paid. So we don't we don't really have a receivables problem. We don't have a bad debt problem. Um, uh, so it's better. But we're watching it. It's something we watch very carefully. It's it's a it's a great point.
0: It's a good answer. Um, I'm owed some money.
1: <laughs>
0: anyway. <laughs> anyway um, so oh, well,
1: we don't owe you any money, do
0: you? <laughs> do we? No, you don't owe me anything, okay. man. Um, uh, so because you're in Florida, uh-huh. I want to ask you about okay. Um I love their company. I've owned it for a long time. Um, I also own Tilt. So you know how that's going. Okay. Um, and Leave in California, it's kind of this like mystical unicorn. <laughs> right like this company that's making money mm-hmm. um they have such a stronghold on florida and now growing into other states give us your thoughts on truly i mean and truly
1: truly truly is a winner we would love for them to be a client we uh-huh. uh we're not fortunate enough yet to be working with them. Do you know what they
0: um, use do you know what they use
1: um we do i i'm not we our salesperson knows who, what they use yeah, um sure. i'm not i'm not sure yeah, but yeah. the uh but we're big admirers of that company. I think that, you know, they're very focused. Um, they're very strategic and, uh, they're smart operators. So, uh, have
0: you met Kim? Have you met
1: her? No, I have not met Kim. I would love to meet Kim. Me too. So, I've been trying
0: to get her on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm having a campaign to get Kim on the show. <laughs> uh,
1: so by the way, let me know if she comes on the show, I'll come visit you at the studio. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you but should no, have come I, to the I studio
0: hear, anyway, man. We have fun out here in
1: California. I right? am sure. I hear great things about, uh, about Kim as a leader, and uh, I think they're doing great. I mean, they're definitely one of the winners. I think GTI's definitely going to be one of the winners. Uh, you know, Cresco's one of the winners. No, no, there are a bunch of winners out there, and there are. But truly, is definitely one of the winners, and they're they're doing great stuff. They're and they're admired by their competitors a lot. You know, we mm-hmm. hear you know from their competitors how uh, how well they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take a little step back and just talk about a few cannabis topics you're fortunate enough to talk to a lot of different cannabis companies in all different kinds of uh, markets and states and i think that's a a fairly unique perspective um let's talk about some big industry topics here give us your thoughts on vape gate
1: so we haven't we have obviously it's there's been a lot of publicity around it and i don't it ha- we have not seen at least from our view from the clients that we work with that it is affected uh, has affected them in a material way because i think what happened even if uh, consumers were nervous to to buy vape related products there are other categories of products to buy so i think what happened was they just switched the categories that they were purchasing i think for the vape companies it was a big deal mm-hmm. um but I don't necessarily, and it may, and, and it may have been for certain retailers that have different margin differences between different product categories. It may have uh, been a little bit of a deal, but, but we didn't see, we didn't because of that crisis. We didn't see a slowdown in, in clients signing up with us. We didn't see a slowdown in clients spending money with us. So, um, so it didn't it didn't affect us. I know it definitely affected the category of the vape the vape companies, but it didn't affect us. And I don't know. If it affected the retailers uh, materially, either, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I think that's good. Good perspective. Um, how about yourself? Are you afraid of
1: vaping? Do you vape? No, I don't vape. So, so it wasn't something that was personally I was personally connected to. So, right. because I'm not. A uh, how about so. cannabis
0: of any kind? Are you Are you interested mm-hmm. or no?
1: I do not. I am yeah. not in. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're a I'm software not. dude. I respect. that. I'm you. a
1: software dude. You yeah. got it.
0: Um. So. Yeah. The black market in California is wreaking havoc. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, estimates of 60, 80% of cannabis sold as black market in California. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how that impacts your business of any kind or I guess more broadly, how much of a problem is this other places too? The show tends to be overly California centric because right. Californians are elitist and arrogant. Um but anyway uh, is this happening other places and
1: uh, I think it happens in other adult use markets right so but the but you know, so I think it happens in washington um it's interesting in washington i think there there's a small phenomenon in Washington where black market uh resellers will actually go. When there are special deals, they'll go to the stores, they'll buy the product and resell it to the customers on the black market. It's so strange Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, um, you know, we've heard of that happening. Um, You know, California is unique just because they, you know, California, as you said, it's such a, it's a country on its It's own. It's a country, yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, the state says one thing and then the county can decide what they want to do and the city Mm -hmm. can then decide what they want to do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, and it, it, you know, there's just such a mis such a misunderstanding of really the way it's supposed to work Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, you have openings wedges for the black market resellers to really take advantage of that. You know, they haven't figured out the tax system correctly yet. Oh my God. Um, It's insane. So go to MedMen.
0: I I, I live in Venice Beach. You can go to MedMen here. Um, which is a big, beautiful store. I'm not sure who decided we needed an Apple store for cannabis, but they they did it. Um, And you walk in there and I walked out and after taxes and everything, you know, I bought a really good eighth. Fig Farms, shout out to Fig Farms. Great great indoor stuff. Um, Is $80. Um, And of course, I don't buy $80 eighths all the time, but just think about that, you know, like that's a, a big number. And I know, you know, I'm in West LA and it's whatever, whatever, but still $80. is Yeah. Probably, 80 on the
1: black market, it would probably cost you 50, 35,
0: 35,
1: yeah, 40, it's, it's,
0: 40 bucks. Yeah.
1: It's a big deal. It's, yeah, a, it's, big a, deal. Big it's mm-hmm. a big
0: difference. It's a big
1: difference. No, um, I, I think there, I think States are going to have to get that right. I think States, um, you know, it's like, do you want a smaller piece of a much bigger pie or do you want mm-hmm. a bigger piece of a smaller pie? And right now, California... You said it,
0: man. Yeah, California's
1: it. behaving like they want a small, bigger piece of a smaller pie. That's And, that's you, and
0: you know, thing. there's a lot of people, and I guess I've thought about this from time to time, on whether there's some sort of conspiracy against cannabis, both California or nationally. Like, are they intentionally making it hard for folks? Um, but the more that I learn and talk and listen to people because that's the whole goal of the show is i just learn stuff um is they're just incompetent it's not that they're trying to fuck over cannabis it's just that right they don't know what they're doing yeah um and right. it's it's such a i don't want to get too political but it, it's such a commentary and a perfect example of why big government sucks?
1: It's, it's similar to, to alcohol, but it's different than alcohol. And, you know, so, you know, people like in the state of Washington, you know, the, you know, the commission uh, is the Alcohol and Cannabis Commission. So we have a big market share in Washington. So we have a good idea of what's going on. And, and the commission drives the the retailers nuts. They drive them crazy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and in California, too, they just make it so hard uh, for these guys to open up and do business and, and yeah, it's, it's just too big. It will change. Right. Because I think, uh, it's, this is still so new and people are still trying to figure it out. And, and, you know, the government guys are also still trying to figure it out. And, but you're right they're you know, they're slow moving and, and they're not the sharpest tools in the shed and they're, and yeah, and that's, that's, we're seeing the result of that. (laughs)
0: they 're just uninformed and and look this this is obviously self serving but they should just listen to the show <laughs> like, like right. I feel like they would make better decisions if they just listened to some podcasts
1: no, <laughs> you know? 100%. Like,
0: yeah it's 100%. so it's so ridiculous
1: we 're doing well in California i mean mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. You know, we have a big presence in California and you well, know, how could you not have, I mean yeah. yeah we probably have over 300 doors in California and how
0: about many about are that. there today like five or six hundred or I think about like
1: 500 yeah
0: yeah 500. but a lot of them are tiny like it doesn't even yeah. matter you
1: well know. they're tiny they're still there's still a semblance much less now there's still a semblance of some gray market guys but it's not nearly the same yeah. um, I should
0: I shouldn't but, say they don't matter I just from a software sales perspective right. They're very small versus the resources. Yeah,
1: but, but it happens to be the new, the newer stores that are opening up. You know, Northern California is much more mature, but the newer stores that are opening up in in Southern California, your, your neck of the woods, uh-huh. are nice. They're they're you know they're going after it. They're yeah. Yeah. they're nice. They're new. They're fresh. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah. you know, they got a lot of money behind them now. It's
0: wild down here. I, I lived in San Francisco for nine years. Um, and so I saw that whole growth and then I came here to, I live in Venice beach and, um, it's, it's wild again. It's wild west in LA in Canvas, <laughs> Northern California yeah, but, is much more settled down.
1: Right. But if you look at the stores that have opened up in for business in the last six to nine months, you they're know, really nice. They're the nice. real deal. They're the yeah. Real deal. Yeah. Fuck yeah. They're the real deal. They're nice. For sure. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, when i say wild west i just mean there's a lot of movers and shakers there's a lot of stuff going on here oh, you got sure. you got lowells that's getting indicted for this and that like it's you know they got the cannabis cafe lowells cannabis cafe then it's not the lowells cannabis cafe like uh, it's crazy it's crazy out here but Anyway, man, this has been so fun. Thank you for joining us. Um, no, thank you've been you. So open and honest, and I always appreciate that. How can we help you? How can uh, are you trying to hire anybody? Whatever you want to plug, this is yours. We your- are, we are,
1: we are always looking for high quality people. So we're always looking for you know the number one need we always have is uh, you know computer engineers. You know we have we have more work, more computer engineering work than we have the opportunity to get done right now. So any computer engineers out there that are listening that wanna enjoy southern South Florida, you know Jeffrey at SpringBig dot com. Send me an email, give me a call. Would love to talk to you. And we're also always looking for great marketing people. So those are the from a people standpoint. What kind of what marketing? Like
0: digital marketing or creative marketing? Digital marketing, marketing.
1: marketing yeah. You know, promotional marketing people. So we're
0: cool.
1: uh, those are like the two main areas that we're focused on right now um, cool. in hiring. So that How would always be What the great. team today? We have about fifty-five people here. Oh, nice!
0: That's a lot. Yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, I'll have so to 55. come out there sometime.
1: That fun. would be great. We'd love to have you. Yeah. And uh, and no, thank you for the opportunity as well. It's been it's always it's always great to be able to chat with uh, with people that really know what's going on and have a good feel for what's happening. It it's a uh, it's a it's a crazy industry we're in. It's like as I mentioned to people, it's we. I will not get this opportunity again in my lifetime. You uh-huh. know, to 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 participate in something that has basically been born and is growing, you know, right in, right in front of me. It's just... Uh, a well, I feel 100%
0: thing. the same way. It's nice of you to say. Um, and I feel the same way. I mean, I just feel lucky to be alive right now um, because of what's going on. But don't be surprised, my friend, if you're involved in another sort of... Kind of revolution, some other. That would industry. be, that would there's be a cool. long way to go. There's a that long would cool. way to go in life. That would be cool. There's a long way to go. So, there's a lot of entrepreneurs and wantrepreneurs that listen to this show. Um, you've talked, you've, you've had a lot of businesses, uh, you've talked to a lot of other entrepreneurs, seen a lot of businesses come and go. Give just one piece of advice. Give a little bit of advice to somebody young listening to this, starting their first business.
1: I would say, follow your passion. Um, you know, we're, we're always much more effective when we're really excited and enjoying what we're doing. So follow your passion. And then once you figure out what that passion is, build the plan and stick to the plan and, uh, and don't get distracted. I think, uh, it's so easy to get distracted. There's so many opportunities to get distracted. And I think, you know, be passionate about what you do and, build a straightforward plan and stick to it and uh, and don't get distracted. That would be my advice. That's good advice. Well, Jeff, yeah. thanks so much, man. It's been Thank fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great yeah. day. You too.